You're listening to episode 75 of the Broken Glass Podcast, supporting women in music through a nationwide nonprofit with Ashley Kurvabon Stoyanov. You're listening to the Broken Glass Podcast, a podcast with a mission to highlight women in the music industry through their stories, from their successes to their trials and tribulations. We'll share tools and resources available to you to make your music dream job come to life or to start that business you've always wanted to own. But most of all, you'll be a part of the Broken Glass community where we support and encourage each other and open the doors to working in music. I'm your host, Christy Jacobson, entrepreneur, music lover, wonderluster, and dreamer. Welcome to the show. Hey, welcome back to the Broken Glass podcast. Today I have Ashley with me. She is a singer songwriter turned socialpreneur. So welcome to the podcast, Ashley. Thank you so much, Christy. I'm really happy to be here. Uh, I am excited to have you here. Uh, you've got a really cool uh, business that you founded. You're the founder of Women Crush Music, and I can't wait to chat about that and uh, all that comes with it. Um, but let's just uh, dive right in. So tell me about yourself and what you're doing right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, thanks again for having me. I feel it's kind of a long time coming. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so what I'm doing now, I, I kind of wear a lot of hats, uh, but I am the founder of Women Crush Music and still lead the organization. We have a really fantastic team of volunteers and, you know, depending on the programming, we have between 10 to 40 volunteers at one time. Uh, So I'm very grateful that, you know, I have them. We're a grassroots org, so we're all volunteers. um, So we all do very many things to keep ourselves afloat. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, we're all very passionate about the mission of Woman Crush, which is to create opportunities for rising women songwriters. Um, But my story is a little bit funny because I started out as a singer songwriter, never imagining myself going into the business world and starting Woman Crush Music four years ago really taught me a lot of business things that I never thought I would have to learn. And in that, um, I started working for some startups Um, and community building, client experience, and business development. And that is what I actually do now. I consult for tech and media startups, um, and I coach creative entrepreneurs who are launching new projects or building communities. And yeah, it's it's very exciting work. Um, Obviously, there were a lot of things that had to change within Woman Crush during COVID, um, as with every other industry, I'm sure. but it's been exciting. Yeah, yeah. This was kind of a time where I think a lot of businesses really took a look at what they were doing and what they could do and how they could still support their community. I mean, I work uh, full time in print music publishing right now. And that, you know, as soon as the pandemic hit, retail stores closed, schools started going remote, teachers needed um, PDFs and they needed all kinds of remote virtual. Uh, lessons and, and that. So it, it, I think it impacted our entire industry and, and uh, you know, a lot of other industries too, obviously, but uh, it's always interesting to see how people made that pivot and that shift. Um, but I think what you do is such a, you know, needed service, um, you know, it's especially supporting women and female songwriters. That's, you know, what my, my mission is too, is to really support women in the industry. Um, 
let's kind of go back a little bit and then we'll get into women crush music in a few minutes here, but how did you get started in music and, and what prompted you to become a singer songwriter, uh, that led up to women crush music? Yeah. Um, so we're going way back now. Um, when I was, I want to say 10, 11, pre, preteen, Ashley, um, my cousins in Mexico, my, my mom's family is from Mexico. So I grew up going there every year. Um, and my cousins were pretty musical. Um, and I think I tagged along with one of them randomly to their piano lessons. And I got very interested in learning to play the piano. I ended up abandoning the piano when I was 12. I found my dad's old uh, Fender bass guitar in the house and it was in its case, it was in a closet. And I was just like, dad, what is that? And he was like, oh, that's my bass. And I was like, oh, it's a guitar. And he was like, no, <laughs> it's a bass. <laughs> my dad played bass in a 70s, uh, late 70s, early 80s punk rock band in New York City. Oh, that's fun. They were not very good. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> they were really not very good. They played at CBGB's though. Very exciting. I wish yeah. <laughs> I wished I had gotten that opportunity. Um, so I found his bass and I I taught myself how to play and then I took lessons. I ended up getting into LaGuardia Arts High School, the fame school, the one that they built the movie around. Um, so I went to music school for four years. They drilled uh, three hours of classical training in me every day. And when I graduated, I went to college and studied media communications. And in college, I, I started really getting the songwriting bug. Like I was writing music in high school, but I was very shy about it. I also didn't really like to sing in front of people in high school. I was still a little bit nervous too. Um, but then I started doing it and I started singing my own songs and people liked it. And I went through a variety of duos and bands and eventually released a solo EP um, and did the singer songwriter thing for a while. And now I'm not actively playing because I decided that the artist route is not really my thing. I don't think it's ever been my thing, um, but I am co-writing with artists still. And it just brings me so much more joy to see artists that I work with uh, flourish and you know, release their music. And um, yeah, that's, that's what brings me joy in music now. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of the same way. It's like, you know, I enjoy music. I enjoyed playing it. I didn't like performing. <laughs> so I'm kind of in the same boat as you. It's just, that's why I went the business route because it was just, I, I got stage fright all the time. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up playing clarinet. Uh, so when I got to college and we had to do um, our you know sophomore recitals and all that, it was uh, kind of nerve wracking <laughs> to stand up in front of everybody and play. But I enjoy, you know, I enjoy band and I enjoy playing it. So it's just, you know, it's not for everybody, but there's still, it's good to point out that, you know, even though, you know, you decided not to take that route, you still found your place in the music industry doing what you love. So I think that's awesome. You know what it is? It wasn't the performing part for me because I, I even missed that a little bit. Um, I think it's the recording process that I really didn't like. <laughs> I really did not enjoy being in the studio. It, it just wasn't my thing at all. Um, and I, I also realized the type of music that I like to write, um, my voice isn't necessarily very suited for. Um, 
And that's something that I had to learn just by doing it, right? Um, and kind of accepting that fact because like I can play and sing ballads for you all day. People used to say that I sounded like Adele and that was it. That's as far as I got. Try to sing any other kind of pop and it just won't work. <laughs> it just won't work. <laughs> it's just that, that kind of music is the, that's about all I can do. And that's fine. Uh, more power to the pop artists that can do everything. <laughs> um, but I mean, it, it's also you know, it's, it's still therapeutic for me, right? And I can still write music and perform music right. for myself and just not release it. And I, I'll be completely content with that. Yeah. Um, the one yeah. thing that's still on my bucket list, though, is I definitely, um, I'm starting to get into working with composers uh, for like movie soundtracks. Um, so that's exciting. And I definitely want to explore more of that. Yeah, that would be really cool. Um... All right, so you're in Florida. Uh, do you do you go to LA and, and New York and that and work with those kinds of people, or, or what? Um, like, where do you typically, I guess, non-COVID times, <laughs> um, run your business from? I mean, everything has always been virtual for me. Okay. Honestly, uh, I I grew up in New York and I spent a lot of time in New York, um, and I do go back often in non. COVID times um, so that I do have that advantage that I'm from there and my parents are still there. So it's not like I have to make a huge deal out of, oh my gosh, where am I going to stay in New York? It's so expensive. Um, so I do, I do have that kind of leg up. Um, I still have never been to LA. I have not been to LA. Uh, I know about a lot of people out there. Nashville also is on my list for 2022. I still haven't been there. Um, I just went to Austin for the first time in 2019 um, for South by Southwest. We did a thing there and it was awesome. I would love to go back. Yeah, Austin, uh, that's one place I really want to go. I've been, well, I lived in LA for about five years um, and just recently moved to Arizona. Um, but yeah, Nashville and Austin are, are two places that are definitely uh, up and coming for really all kind of genres, right? you always think of Nashville as country, but there's so much more going on there now than there was, you know, 10, 20 years ago. I have to give a shout out to Portland, Oregon. Um, I actually lived in Portland, Oregon for almost four years. That's where Woman Crush Music was born. Um, I had just moved there when I started it. And uh, the industry has grown quite a bit there. When I was there in 2015, when I started Woman Crush in 2017, um, there was a lot of talent there, but not so much industry. And now it's it's really, really, really growing over there. It's really I'll have growing. to check that out. Um, I haven't, that's another place that I, I wanna go. I, I still wanna explore parts of the West Coast and uh, well, find their Port Portland. When. Portland is awesome. Highly recommend. I miss it there. I might, I might end up, list. I might end up back there actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. So speaking about women crush music, um, let's, I really want to dive into this because I think what you do is really, uh, really awesome and supporting women. Um, what really inspired you to get started? Uh, and, and what exactly do you do to support, uh, you know, female songwriters? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I started it because, like I said, I had just moved to Portland, Oregon from New York. Um, and obviously it was 
a tad different for me, you know, growing up in the city to going to a much smaller city um, in New York. I was kind of used to, you know, Googling what open mic is tonight and being able to find 8 million things going on um, at one time. And then moving to Portland and seeing that there was only maybe one or two ongoing open mics at the time when I moved there. So I found one that I really liked and I started going to meet people and then it stopped happening and I got pretty upset and I was like, well, how am I going to make friends now? Like, I didn't know anyone in Portland except for my cousin. My cousin was not in the music industry at all. And there was a local venue around the corner from my apartment and they were looking for someone to curate shows once a month. And I had I always liked doing that. So I said, hey, can I try doing a woman's songwriters night once a month? And the guy was like, sure. Uh, three months in, we were completely packing the place with like a hundred something people in a very tiny venue. And it started getting a lot of media attention and local booking agents were coming out to scope out the songwriters. And it really took off on its own. And I really just started it because I wanted to make friends. <laughs> but then a little light bulb went off inside of me and I was just like, well, how can I continue to help these new friends that I'm making? Um, I had studied PR and marketing in school. So I guess that that part of my brain turned on and it wasn't because I wanted to make money off of it, but I just really wanted to take it a step further and and help and provide more opportunities. So I started reaching out to some of the online groups I was in, the other women music groups that I was in. And instead of getting advice, I started getting a lot of, oh, we need this in my city. We need this in my city. And then another light bulb <laughs> went off <laughs> in my head. And I started connecting with all these women in these different cities um, that said, hey, we wanna start a woman crush music monthly series in my city to develop this kind of women's songwriter community and then put on educational workshops and networking events for these women. Um, so we went from just me running Portland and then I was running Portland, New York, Nashville and Vancouver, BC all at the same time by myself. Oh, wow. Until someone, uh, about a year into doing that was just like, hey, I think you need help. And I was like, hey, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and we went from a team of just me to 30 volunteers very quickly. Wow. Um, and we ended up doing monthly events in 16 North American cities. Um, we were doing that monthly up until COVID hit, really. Um, and, uh, you know, we I panicked. I definitely panicked uh, when that happened. I was just like, oh, no, what are we going to do now? <laughs> How are we going to help these women? And so we did the Instagram showcase thing for a while and it was great. We got a lot of uh, reach, a lot of international reach, uh, which is the great thing about virtual, right? That you don't have to focus on local stuff, but that local kind of chapter feel that we became known for, I felt got a little lost in that process. And that was really important for me to keep kind of that spirit of woman crush. So what we ended up doing last year is we launched a five month long virtual tour. And so we did uh, 10 tour stops in five months. So one every two weeks. 
And we, the first week we um, had local women songwriters perform and we donated the money to a local woman owned music venue. And we had local sponsors support the songwriters so that they could make some money as well. And then the next uh, week we did industry panels to connect the local industry members with the local songwriter community um, to facilitate connections and conversations. And we did that for five months. And it was amazing, but also for an all-volunteer team would be a bit of an undertaking. <laughs> um, but it was it was amazing. It was amazing, and it just helped us connect with so many more people that that uh, really felt alone. Um, you know, I guess when people stop playing shows, if that's something that you do really often, it's kind of like what now? Um, and this really gave people a way to at least see that there were other people going through the same thing and also learning in the process. And that's kind of our focus for this year's programming, which actually kicks off next week, is we are uh, sticking to the educational route and hosting panels and webinars about things that we we know our community wants to learn more about. Um, obviously, with COVID, uh, people are struggling to make money and we want to help songwriters make more money. So our first event next week is actually about diversifying your revenue streams as a songwriter. Um, I always say that artists should 100% think of themselves as entrepreneurs. And I tell anyone who is wanting to start a business or project that they need to think about diversifying their revenue streams. And I coach on that. So why not bring that mentality to Woman Crush Music in our community? So we're doing that. Um, I'm very excited for that on March 2nd. And then after that, we are doing our first speed networking event. So we're going to have industry members and songwriters, um, you know, meet one-on-one -on -one for a few minutes just to connect in a different way. I feel like everyone's kind of Zoom fatigued out right now. We're trying to make things more engaging. <laughs> and then after that, we have a writing for sync event. We're partnering with Midio, the, Can the Canadian sync uh, licensing platform. And then we have an event partnering with Bandzoogle about creating an effective artist website and how to monetize that. Um, so that's kind of the lineup for right now. Um, yeah, sorry, I definitely rambled for a lot longer no, than I thought I was going that's to. Okay. Um, I think that's I, I think it's really interesting what you're doing. And I think it's it's really needed because I think, like you said, like a lot of people when you know things shut down, it's like, well, what do I do? How do I make ends meet? Um, you know, this was my only source of revenue was performing and how how do I connect with people now? And I, you know, there were a lot of people I watched as they really just they pivoted. Um some started teaching online and um, it was really interesting to watch, but I think there's a lot of people that were just like, well, I don't, I don't want to teach. I want to just, you know, this is what I want to do. And um, so I think that's great that you really put all that together to, to teach, uh, you know, musicians and, and songwriters how to have all these other, uh, you know, rev, uh, income streams and how to make revenue in other, uh, other areas. And I agree with you 100% of thinking yourself like an entrepreneur um, you know, I was actually last year, I was, you know, thinking, you know, how do I help these people? And that was the one thing is I actually put together a, a, a PDF and I can share it in the show notes, but just how to think like an entrepreneur as a, as a musician. Right. 
um, you know, how to get into that entrepreneur mindset, really. Mm-hmm. So 100%. It's, yeah, it's, it's important to think like that because, um, you know, it's, it's, it's your career, it's your business, you know, and if that's, that's what you want to do, you have to really, you know, um, what was uh, the word? Uh, I don't want to say empower, but I mean, support yourself, right? Like really just, you know, dig in and, and it's, it's up to you. So no, I think what you're doing is really awesome. And, um, and we'll definitely share in the show notes so people can, you know, find these sessions and access that. Um, and I think you mentioned, you know, you were kind of doing the global thing for a little bit. And I kind of, I, I love that, you know, being virtual has, you know, allowed us to expand our borders, right? Like I've met people all across the world this last year uh, by doing different events. Um, but at the same time, like I just moved to Phoenix, Arizona and I'm like, I don't know anybody in Phoenix. Yes, that's honestly how I feel about Florida. I, I was basically <laughs> only here a few months before the pandemic hit and I, I have a lot of new internet friends. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I've got my parents and my brother, um, but because uh, they, they all live here, but it's like, you know, so I think, I think that's great that, you know, you, you kind of thought on a local level as well, because, you know, it's, you know, especially for people who moved during pandemic, we still can't, some areas, we still can't go out or we're waiting until we get our own, own vaccination before we go out. So, um, you know, the, connecting the local community is always important as well. And supporting because you had mentioned that you donated to um, to female-owned venues, and I think that's really cool. Venues need all our help right now, for sure. Yeah, it's seeing some of my favorite local venues close down is really a uh, really heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like what some people did though. Is some artists, like bigger artists, would go and I mean they performed to an empty room, but they would stream it live. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was a great way to to support, um, you know, some of the local venues, um, you know, just to, to open their doors for even if it's just for the band or the one performer, right? And uh, and do that performance there. So, um, but yeah, and so you mentioned that you do um, some other projects, some other passion projects, helping startups and that kind of stuff. Um, what all, you know, I guess, you know you said that you kind of do a lot of coaching with them. Um, what else other kind of passion projects do you pursue outside of, um, women crush music? I, so last year I started working, I started consulting for, um, a digital media publication called the Mujerista, which is a publication for, uh, millennial Latina women. Um, I am half Latina and I, guess I never really realized how how much I needed to be around other people who grew up similar to me um, and spoke the same other language as me. Um, And I am really just kind of obsessed with being involved with the Mujerista and growing the community. So we, we launched a digital membership network Uh, during COVID and it's really grown and we basically 
do the same thing that Woman Crush does. We host events, but we host events for Latina entrepreneurs and creatives and how to build their business and personal growth and all these really wonderful things. And I am just very passionate about connecting with other Latina women and helping them through, especially if they want to, you know, pursue launching a business or a creative project. Um, as a first generation person, it can be very scary. Um, it can be very scary. Like my mom, you know, came here from Mexico and my dad is American, but, you know, he didn't go to college. He not really business minded. Um, my mom is, but coming to a new country, that's also pretty scary. So she never, she has not yet, I shouldn't say never, she has not yet started her own business, although you know, she wants to. Um, and, you know, when I started thinking about like, oh, well, how do I start something that's not just a little monthly showcase at a venue, right? How do I make it bigger? And I started reading all the business books in the world and joining all the online communities that I can of women founders. I'd I didn't really resonate with any of them until I found the Mujerista community and started building this, this amazing thing. Um, as you can see, I am very passionate about it. Um, but yeah, it's just building that up and, and connecting with other Latinas who, who feel the same way, right? Um, it's just, it's something really special. Um, and I'm very excited to see what's next for it. And sorry, did you mention when you when you started working for them? Um, last year, like last right year. when COVID hit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any, um, I guess, any plans coming up? You said you, you do some events in that one. And oh my gosh, stumbling over my words tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, you said you, you do some events for them. Um, you know, is there anything... Yes, you know, actually, that you're kind of looking forward to in the future for that. Yes, actually. So in the month of March, we were we are going to have a panel a week starting March 9th every Tuesday. So the first one is going to feature four uh, Latinas in entrepreneurship. The next week, the 16th will be in arts and media. The following will be in finance and the last week will be in tech. Um, so I'm very excited. I will likely be moderating all of those panels, if not, you know, a handful of them. Um, so I'm very excited for that. Um, I think that, you know, we we need all the representation that we can get. And it's uh, it's inspiring to see other people who grew up like you make it in these industries where we're not usually represented which is the same thing, you know, it's one of the reasons why I started Woman Crush, right? Lack of representation um, in the industry. And so it all kind of, kind of comes together. My, my personal motto is to create opportunities and facilitate connections to, for um, entrepreneurs and creatives who aren't normally represented. And I feel like all of the work that I do right now kind of falls into that. Yeah, no, I, I love that. Um, I think that's great to support, um, you know, the, the, like you said, the, um, uh, you know, I guess the minorities and, and then the, you know, people who aren't represented. And that's, you know, I remember reading the, uh, in 2018, when I started my blog and the podcast and that um, it was uh, uh, 
the report from, it was Annenberg did a report, USC Annenberg, and it was um, basically representation in the recording studio. And just reading, I mean, even just the number of women blew my mind. It was like, that's only how many women work in it, in, you know, the recording, you know, recording industry. And then it was um, when you broke it down into like the different, um, you know, ethnicities and all of that, it was just insane to read this. And it's like, okay, we need more support, right? We need more people to, to talk about this and to share their stories and to help other women lift them up. And that kind of what you're doing really embodies that, right? Like it's, you know, helping people, teaching people and helping them find their, um, you know, their greater self and what they can do, how they can rise up to now impact other people. So I think that's amazing what you're doing. Um, and, and I guess kind of going, going along with that, um, we talk a lot of, on the podcast about being women in the music industry, um, you know, whether it's, you know, struggling to find a job or proving yourself once you're there. Um, have you come across any kind of resistance as, you know, female singer, songwriter, entrepreneur, um, and, and how did you overcome that? Oh, girl, where do I start? <laughs> um, well, I do remember uh, one time my my all girl rock band was about to play The Bitter End and we got booked for one of those like series nights that they do and the book the booking guy didn't want to pay us. He was like, no, who would want to come see an all like an all girl trio playing rock music? And I was like, a lot of people look at this place. It's yeah. fucking packed in here. Oh, sorry. I didn't, I forgot to ask if I could curse on this show. That's <laughs> <laughs> quite all right. Um, but I was just like, dude, come on. Anyway, he never ended up paying us. But I, I was I was only 20 at the time. So I didn't quite know how to stand up for myself just yet. But I ever see that guy again. <laughs> hey, <laughs> know what's coming to him Um, but there there's definitely that time and um there were a lot of times that we didn't that we wouldn't get booked for places because the idea of an all-girl rock trio just didn't resonate with some of the male booking agents for whatever reason um and then uh you know i had a not so nice experience with a producer um unfortunately uh, it was when I was just starting to kind of get out there and I met this um, well-known-ish producer. He worked with a lot of older artists and he met me, saw that I was young, saw that I was motivated to get my music out there and he invited me to his home studio. Me, <laughs> I did, poor naive little Ashley did not know what that meant at the time. <laughs> Um, it did not go well. I'll just put it that way. It did not go well for me at all. And I really want to punch that guy in the face. But that was one of the other reasons why I started Woman Crush, right? Because especially when you're first starting out and you are seeking out producers to work with, venues to play, like, if you don't know anyone, you can get in, you can end up at some really awful places and working with some really shitty people um and I really wanted 
woman crush like the local communities to be a place where women could share resources not just like hang out and support each other but also be like hey i'm looking to record with a new producer who can i go to who's not going to try to have sex with me right (laughs) you know um so uh definitely definitely a lot of uh a lot of that unfortunately but you know i think i think that i think that it's getting better i hope that it's getting better um the industry i mean Yeah. And I think too, like between, you know, women crush music and other groups that are out there like that, that connect women with each other, we're now able to say, okay, I need um, a producer who is a producer, right. And we can connect with other women who do, who do those jobs and, and rise, raise them up as well. Right. Exactly. You know, I, I really want to work with, um, you know, a really kick-ass woman who's, produces, who's a sound engineer, who's a graphic designer, you know, and, and really make those connections with each other. And then I've, I've been very lucky that I've had a lot of great support from male colleagues and friends and family in my life. And, you know, like you said, too, like you can point out in those kinds of groups, who's, who's good, like who's, who's got, um, you know, a good heart and, and really wants to help you rather than, you know, be, really sleazy and weird and (laughs) but uh, you know these the groups that are coming up now um you know facebook or in-person networking events for women um i i absolutely love just watching that happen and i think i think the tide really is shifting and um we're we're banding together right we're we're saying that we're not going to allow that anymore and um it's just been really cool to see all that happen yeah agreed Agreed. And, and male allies are incredibly important. Um, I think sometimes when I talk about this, I sound like, you know, here at Women Crush Music, we hate men. We definitely don't. <laughs> we 100% don't. Uh, we love men. I, I'm married to men. I love them. <laughs> and there, there, are, uh, there are a lot of good eggs out there. <laughs> there. There really, really are. There really, really are. And actually, when I first started Women Crush in Portland, um, one of the reasons I think we got so successful is because I had a lot of support from uh, Luke Neal, who was a radio show host on Portland Radio Project at the time. Now he has his own recording studio and uh, has his own podcast. Um, so shout out to Luke. Um, but he was uh, so great and totally understood where you know I was coming from with like, I remember the first time I met him, like I was, I was like so nervous that he was going to be a creep and he was just so nice and respectful. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. Um, but yeah, shout out to Luke. You're great. Thanks for being great. Keep being great. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so important to find those, those people. I remember um, last year at uh, the NAM show, um, I had won one of the scholarships uh, for swim, which is smart women in music. And we had the Wednesday night, which was the day before Nam started. Um, they had a, a ceremony just, you know, to announce the recipients to help, you know, raise money for future scholarships and whatnot. And, um, all of my male colleagues that were at the show with me, they all came, I got up on stage, they all cheered. I think I probably had one of the loudest cheering sections 
um, because they were there just like cheering me on. And I was like, that's really cool to see, you know, they could have gone out to a bar and gone and had, you know, drink somewhere else with other people who they hadn't seen in a year or whatever, but they, they took the time out to come. And I was like, okay, you know, I mean, I knew before that, that they were, you know, really great people um, and supportive, but you know, it was like, okay, there are a lot of men out here who really support us and what we do. So it was, it was just so cool. And you just find, find the right people and, and, you know, you're, you've got that support. I mean, I think it's also about awareness, right? I think yeah. now that we are, you know, kind of banding together in all these organizations, like women crush are popping up um, and we are bringing more attention to these issues, right? I think more, more guys are starting to pay attention if they hadn't Mm -hmm. realized before what was going on um which is great to see um that more guys are addressing it to themselves not just supporting but they're addressing it yeah so yeah and they're they're seeing it happen and they're standing up for us and it's really cool to to watch all this kind of happen and you know it's been hard the last year really at this point to, because we're all at home and we're all doing everything virtually. But, you know, I think once we get back out there, you know, these connections we've made over the last year, whether they're female or male, will be really helpful uh, going forward. Wrapping up a little bit here, we kind of talked about what you're looking forward to in the future for, you know, your couple of organizations. Is there anything, um, you know, on the horizon for you, you know, on a, a personal career level that you're you're looking off? You're, oh my gosh, looking forward to? Um that you can chat about or you just really focusing on those businesses? I am working on something very exciting right now, but I unfortunately cannot say okay. anything about it. <laughs> and I probably won't be able to say anything about it for like the next six to eight months. So okay. we'll know something's coming down the line. But so we'll something, <laughs> something is coming. So please follow me aside from that my husband and I are talking about selling all our things and getting an RV and that's about the next exciting thing that will happen oh that'll be exciting (laughs) that's that's my goal is to become a digital nomad so I am we want to do it we want to do it like we're not getting any younger if it's happening yeah (laughs) that's my thing I'm like all right you know now's the perfect time I've you know completely remote let's just do it so Yes, exactly. Um, that'll be exciting. I look forward to, to seeing that happen. Um, and do you have any uh, resources that you'd recommend for other women uh, looking to start, I guess, as a songwriter or, you know, to really think of their career as a business? Sign up for the Women Crush Music newsletter um, because really all of the events that we will be putting on this year will be focused on that. Um, And on that note, uh, all of our events are donation based. Uh, They are recommended donations. So if you want to participate and you are struggling financially, you cannot make a contribution right now. Um, It's usually about five to 10 bucks. Uh, You can always, always, always email me and say, hey, girl, can I get a promo code? (laughs) Um, And I will 100% send you one because the whole point of the organization is to make things possible and accessible for everyone. Um, And that's what we want to do. And I think that the events that we have coming up are definitely a good start. If you are trying to get into that artist entrepreneurial mindset, um, it's definitely a good start. 
right, perfect. I'll I'll show those in the show notes. So everybody can uh, sign up and see when the events are. Um, do you have? I mean, we kind of talked about different advice, but is there anything that really you know any kind of advice that really sticks out to you? Um, you know, for women who want to uh, start in the music industry. If you are an artist that is just starting out or a songwriter that is just starting out, um, I interned for MTV when I was in college and I would like, <laughs> I somehow managed to make friends with the head of music uh, MTV at the time. He, I didn't even work in that department, so I don't know how I made that happen. <laughs> we were we were on the same floor, but I would get him to listen to my demos sometimes, and they weren't very good. And he was so nice <laughs> that he would like sit with me and listen to them. But he said something that really stuck with me. He said, "Enjoy this process now of writing and getting to know who you are as an artist and as a songwriter." now that you don't have that pressure on you of a label or a publisher wanting to get XYZ songs from you by XYZ date, that you're not on the deadlines, that you don't have to, you know, alter yourself to suit a label because this is it. Like, this is the dream. This is what artists like really want, you know, this freedom and this time to explore all of the possibilities. And I, I love that he said that to me because it made things a lot easier those moments where I was just like Ugh, I just want to before I knew anything about labels and I was like I just want to get signed Ugh, I just want to you know have a publisher and you know that kind of thing um and I and I think that that's really true um and especially now that independent artists I feel like have so many opportunities to get their music out there and really don't need to rely on a label and I don't even know if anyone wants to have a label anymore right. um but you know and enjoy the process um I I'm I'm a huge huge believer in that things happen when they're supposed to happen for you um and it kind of goes both ways like you have to kind of prove to the universe that you are ready for them but they also won't happen for you if it's not the right time or the right opportunity. I am such a huge believer in that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's perfect. I love that. And I think, you know, as entrepreneurs too, it's, you know, we always feel this pressure to get things done and to get clients and, and all that. But, you know, if you just sit back and enjoy it too, you know, and, and sit in that, that process, I mean, for me, it's, it's helped. It's, allowed me to get into more abundant mindsets and that instead of like, okay, what's next on the to-do list? What's next on the to-do list? You know, just sitting back and enjoying that process. So um, that's great advice. I love that. I like to leave with on that note. Um, and I actually posted something on my Instagram about it today. Um, when you're starting to build any kind of business or creative project, you have to define like what your mission is and what your vision is, right? So when you're Talking about creating your vision, it's also essentially your vision is your why. So when you start to feel like that, you kind of have to touch base with yourself and be like, wait, why am I doing this? And if you're struggling to figure that out, it might be the right time to take a little bit of a step back and kind of reanalyze what you're doing. Because if you cannot resonate 
and kind of envision your taking your mission a step further, um, then your vision is not going to come through. And that might just mean that that seed is not ready to be planted yet. Um, and I'll, I'll leave you guys to think about yeah. what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Last two questions here before we go. Um, do you have any favorite books or podcasts that inspire you and in what you do? In terms of songwriting, I really, really love Confessions of a Serial Songwriter by Shelley Pikin. It's one of my favorite books. Um, and I also randomly really love Sarah Borelli's book that she wrote. Um, I think it's called, uh, I don't remember what it's called. I think it's called like a story of me or my, I could be totally off base, but Sarah Borelli's book is great. Um, and then in terms of podcasts, um, I'm a huge fan of the Break the Business podcast. Um, I don't know if you're familiar, but Ryan Carilla, he's great. He's a lawyer and talks a lot about music industry stuff on his podcast. Um, and yeah, those are some of my favorites. Yeah, I, uh, I have Break the Business uh, on my podcast list, so... I listened to a few episodes and it's great. I love it too. Yes. Um, yeah. And then last question, where can my audience find and connect with you and Women Crush Music? Uh, Women Crush Music at W-O-M-X-N-C-R-U-S-H music um, on all social media platforms. We also are on Spotify. We just started a new Music Monday playlist. It's going to happen every other Monday. Very excited about it. Go follow it. Um, and then for me, it's Ashley K S T O Y A N O V on Instagram and Facebook and all the things. All right, perfect. I'll link to all that in the show notes so everybody can find you, Women Crush Music, and I'll also link to the newsletter and events page so everybody can start signing up and uh, attending your events. So thank you so, so much for coming on, Ashley. This was amazing, and I was uh, so glad to talk to you. Yeah, same. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Broken Glass Podcast. If you like the show and want to know more, visit www.brokenglassmediallc.com, subscribe to the podcast, and don't forget to leave a review. Join me each week to hear new stories, learn all about the tools and resources available to you, and get tips for building a career in music. If you're interested in becoming part of a community of supportive women in music, join our secret community on Facebook at the Broken Glass Collective.